911, what's the nature of your emergency? another episode of Tactical Living by Leo Warriors. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And I'm your co-host, Clint Walton. Today is an unnerving day. And that is because here in Southern California, we've been rocked with quite a few earthquakes, quite a few aftershocks, and now what they're calling a pre-quake. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. One of my biggest fears in life is earthquakes. I'm a native of Southern California. Clint and I both were born and raised here. And we've experienced a significant amount of earthquakes in our lifetime. But this earthquake that happened last night, it was a 7.1. And it was the biggest one that we've had in 20 years. Baby, do you remember the one that happened back in 1999? I do. It was the Landers quake, and that one was really powerful. And I, I was a kid at the time, so I, I just remember how much it shook, and that's super close to us, so it really shook us good. Do you remember what they said the magnitude of that quake was? I want to say 7.4. Okay, and then this one that we had last night was a 7.1. And let's see, 1999, so I was 12 years old when we had that Landers quake. Yeah, and and what's crazy about that one was it was actually the epicenter was so close to us in comparison to even this one. I remember that one very vividly because it happened so late at night and the entire home was asleep. And it started shaking so violently, and my mom ran into my bedroom. She knows how petrified I get at earthquakes. And I remember that one, it was was unique because it was like a violent shaking. And in the midst of that, anyone who's never experienced an earthquake before, they're very loud. You can hear creaking, cracking, rumbling, shaking, everything in your house banging together. But for this one, I knew something happened. Like I could hear this loud crashing. And being it late at night, I remember my folks turn on the hallway light. We all kind of congregate in the hallway, my brothers and my parents and I. And then we walk out into the den. And my dad had built several shelves up on the wall. My mom had a collection of... um, those oil lanterns. Oh, like those kerosene lanterns? Mm-hmm. And some of them still had the kerosene in them, probably from wherever she had gotten it from. I don't know, maybe my dad like brought it home from a job site or something. He's pretty notorious for doing stuff like that. <laughs> and that whole entire shelf with all these collectibles was all over the ground. And I remember we all just looked at each other because we've never experienced something of damage like that together as a family. And nobody said anything, but we all just started cleaning it up. There was oil everywhere, like smeared all over the carpet and glass was shattered. And the boys and my dad took up the big boards 
that were once the shelves and we all just started cleaning together. And I remember leaning down and my hands were trembling. I was so scared. And in Southern California, we get primed with the notion that the big one is coming. So I think a big part of it for me is is like, okay, well, when is the next one going to happen? And it's something that's instilled within us since we're kids. The big one's always the next one. And looking back at our history, the San Francisco quake, the Northridge quake, and seeing the damages that we've seen in our lifetime is just what's the next big one if those ones could create so much havoc and damage. And and to be honest with you, we're sitting upstairs right now. And I told Clint before we came up here that I was I was scared. I'm scared to even be sitting up here because, um, I mean, we know that the statistics for us having another earthquake, especially a bigger earthquake than the one we had last night, shortly after, they say within the first week or two. But I mean, this one we just experienced was even bigger than the one that we had a day prior on the 4th of July. So even talking right now, I'm like nervous being up here as we record. But as we're cleaning up this mess and my hands are trembling when I lean down to pick up what is now just a bunch of trash, I remember trying to reach for something and my hands were shaking so bad. And then all of a sudden, as I lean over this, it was like a white shelf that I'm trying to pick stuff up off of. And my nose started to bleed. Like I was so petrified that it gave me a bloody nose. And my mom felt so bad and she made me sit down so I couldn't help anymore. And just experiencing that kind of fear as a child, I think I've carried that with me. And in my mind, like earthquakes are fear. And so last night, we were, I should say, fortunate enough, but we were in Vegas on the 4th of July. So we actually, although many people did, we didn't feel that earthquake, which is strange because at the time it happened, it was around 1030 in the morning and I was sitting on the counter in the bathroom doing my makeup. And if anyone's going to feel an earthquake, it's going to be me. You give the slightest of shakes and Ashley's like, oh my gosh, is that a word earthquake? <laughs> Yeah, I feel it's like your cell phone when you have these ghost vibrations. (laughs) I feel like I have these sort of phantom earthquakes because I'm just always waiting for it to happen. And last night we were just sitting on the couch together and I was like, Clint, oh my God, oh my God, Clint. And I don't think he realized at first what was happening. And in full transparency, he's probably so used to me thinking we're having an earthquake when we're not that... (laughs) The fact that we actually were, it took him a moment to register. And all of a sudden, like it wouldn't stop. And I had a blanket over me. So I took my blanket. I threw it on my poor puppy. And he's like struggling because he can't see anything because I just covered him with the blanket. And then we get up and I take the blanket off my dog. I pick him up and I go to head for the back door because it still wouldn't stop. And it started to become more and more aggressive. So... For me, I'm like, okay, well, I have this entire story of a home on top of me. Like, I don't want to be inside. So I grab the dog. Clint grabs another dog. Her poor oldest dog. She's <laughs> she's like being summoned to follow us. And we open up the back door. We go outside. Bella follows. And I remember bracing myself on this pillar that we have outside. 
and it still wouldn't stop. And this one was really different for me because it was like you're on a swing set. It wasn't swing. It was literally swinging back and forth. And it got to the point to where it lasted for so long. I think this one was probably a good 60 to 90 seconds. And as I'm bracing myself and it's still not stopping, I started to get vertigo and like immediately started to feel sick. And I'm like, okay, well, is it still really swinging or is it just me that's swinging? And the poor dogs, they were so nervous because I was so nervous. And even in that moment when things start to settle down, you're wondering like, are these plates going to continue to shift below us? And then it's going to start to get more and more violent. And you're just waiting for that to happen. And finally, we go inside and Clint's trying to calm me down and I'm still trembling, like even thinking about how that feeling was last night. It, I, I hate it. It's just something we all have that one thing. And for me, earthquakes is definitely one of them. And then you try to calm down. But then the aftershocks start to happen. And that's one thing that was really crazy because we were watching the news and seeing just everything that was unfolding and, and seeing what the USGS was saying about the earthquake. And then you see this like timer come up on the screen and it was counting down and it goes five and then we started shaking again. Yeah, like it's it's incredible the level of technology that's being created really because of these seismologists and things like that. And to have the capability to have some sort of preface, some some sort of precursor to, you know, get ready, the ground's about to shake. I've never experienced that before where we're it's like actual live time and we're watching this counter and we think that the airing was maybe a couple seconds delayed and the lady who speaks on the earthquakes she gets so excited and it's just it's funny to watch her because she almost gives you a calming with that because she goes oh here comes another one and then she stood there and she goes there it is and she has a big smile on her face and it's really funny yeah and then just to pay witness to what's about to happen and then the ground just starts to shake again and the cool thing about that is it told us it was a 5.3 magnitude so we knew we were gonna feel it but at least we knew it wasn't going to be as bad or even worse than the one we had just experienced and the advances in technology to have that capacity to be able to forewarn when an earthquake is going to happen especially here in Southern California, I think it's it's so important because it gives people, even if it's 30 seconds of, of time to be able to, I mean, we're supposed to duck and cover here in Southern California, but for me, I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, get me out of the building. <laughs> and so to have that, that moment's notice to be able to prepare yourself, whatever that means for you, it's incredible how far we've come because, I mean, Think about 20 years ago, we never would have been able to prepare for something like an earthquake. And they also, when things like this happen, it also increases the awareness for you to make sure that you're prepared when the big one strikes. Clint and I live about 10 miles away from the San Andreas fault line. Luckily, this one was not centered anywhere near the San Andreas Fault. Um, 
which if you don't know anything about the San Andreas Fault, it's one of the biggest fault lines that we have throughout California. It's huge. It's massive. Yeah. And when you're studying and following the mapping of these earthquakes and you see that there are these releases on the fault line. My mom used to always say, like, it's okay. You want the smaller ones to happen because it's releasing the pressure. So, like, the big, <laughs> huge one doesn't happen. I don't know that I believed her. <laughs> um, but it, it's something that I'm sure she just used to kind of cool me with. <laughs> and the important thing when you start to experience any kind of natural disaster like this is it's a great wake-up call for being able to be more prepared when the big one hits. And, you know, we've heard it now for over 30 years. It's not a matter of if, it's when it's going to happen. So having your supplies, having an exit plan, like understanding, okay, if we have an earthquake, we're going to go out the side bedroom door, having your supplies, your water, your food, your generator. And having that stuff... Not just in one spot, but somewhere where in case, you know, God forbid your house does collapse or something like that to where you can access it outside of your house, in your vehicle, um, in an outside shed, somewhere where you can store it safely. Yeah, or even underground. I mean, that that you can get creative with, but it's a matter of just understanding that there's a need to be prepared And this could be with, you know, any kind of man-made or natural disaster. And having something so devastating happen, I I know last night we were watching the news and as a byproduct of the earthquake, there was homes that were burnt down because of electricity problems, gas leaks, and it really helps to prime agencies and prime the individuals in the community to be able to understand how it is that you're supposed to respond when something like this happens and not having this chaotic scene, which for the most part, I didn't really see any kind of chaos on any of the videos that we watched. Everybody, I think for the most part, we're pretty used to it and doing things like screaming and trampling over one another is obviously not going to help the situation. But there's a sense of panic where people always talk about fight or flight. But the third response that people don't talk about is freeze. So there's fight, flight, or freeze. And when it comes to an earthquake, most people, I think, just freeze. Yeah. (laughs) And watching those videos last night, you know, we paid witness to that because people were just like looking at each other and like, oh, shit, do you feel that? And looking at things swaying on the ceiling. Pulling out their cell phones to record everything. (laughs) Those motherfuckers. Like, I I will never understand that. Like, if you could be in potential harm right now. And your first instinct is to pop out your cell phone. And Uh, you see it in so many levels and so many major incidents, not just natural disasters, but just anything. Yes, we digress on that one because that's a whole (laughs) other episode. But I think a final thought here is to understand the fact that natural and man-made disasters are inevitable. They will always happen as long as you live on the face of this earth. And by experiencing these either personally or as a byproduct, by paying witness to it on the news or sharing these experiences with people that you know or even don't know, it's a wake-up call to make sure that you're prepared for the worst-case scenario. 
And by being prepared and using these sorts of events as fuel to really allow your mind to be diverse and creative and get in the mindset of what would I do when this happens, then it allows you to come to terms with the fact that it will happen eventually and you need to have a plan B. Talking about it with your families, having that that disaster kit in place, knowing where to go to, or even if you need some kind of emergency word to share with one another when you're out at a restaurant and one of you sees danger. These are the types of things that I think having an event like this starts to spark and really allows your train of thought to go there into that dark place for a moment. And it's it's necessary to do that because where wherever you're at in life, whether you're in an area where you fear tsunamis or tornadoes or us for earthquakes, um, we're all also in the reality of knowing that there could be an active shooter just by going to the grocery store. And by having this awareness and having these discussions with your family and the people that you're closest to, especially the people that you live with, it allows you to be a little bit more prepared mentally. And when you're prepared mentally and the inevitable does happen and you're a little bit more confident with your abilities and what you think your actions and reactions will be as a byproduct to that, then you're really able to enjoy your tactical living. 